Hey everyone, this is Michael Tug and Jude Burkett with Reclaiming Our Patrimony podcast. Um, Jude, how are we doing today? Hey Michael, it's going good. It's going well. Uh, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, and today's topic of discussion um, is going to be about something a little bit gruesome. <laughs> Actually, very gruesome. Yeah. Um, it's going to be about cannibalism. And this was prompted uh, by a New York Times article that was recently posted on July 23rd um, with the very interesting article title of um, A Taste for Cannibalism? And yeah, this article was basically about... um, the recent increase in books and movies and TV shows um, either about or involving um, cannibalism or elements of cannibalism and how this genre of horror gruesomeness has exploded in the past couple of years. Um, so Jude, what did you think? What are your opinions about this article? Um, yeah. So I guess the title would leads one to believe that like the author is going to make some claim about how cannibalism is like should like is fine or whatever. It doesn't seem like he. I, I believe it was a he that wrote this. I think it was Alex or something. Um, he doesn't really go out and explicitly say that. He does have a he does vaguely say something about how you know maybe there's a time for cannibalism. Maybe that's now. And I think that's about as far as he goes to say that like we should like you know cannibalism. We should accept cannibalism. So that was sort of interesting. I don't. He, he for the most part it seems like he just sort of chronicled this recent. Uh, I don't know what we want to call it quote-unquote explosion of cannibalism genre. Um, it did give some... He did I, I quote quote the authors, or author, at least the author of one of the books uh, a couple times. It, there, there were some interesting comments there about, like, what makes a good horror, horror story. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, I yeah, yeah I kind of I, mean, I, I think... kind of want to. I want to know why he wrote it. It doesn't. You can't. It's hard to discern why this guy wrote the, the article. Like other than just to, like as I said, chronicle the this like recent explosion. But that just, it's not satisfying. I feel like there's more behind it, but I, I couldn't. Uh, maybe you have. Maybe you have thoughts on that, but it was hard for me to, to discern what, what exactly the reason was. Other than the vague notion of maybe, you know, there being a time for cannibalism and it being like now or something. I wish I had the quote yeah. in hand. Um, I don't have the article with with me. Yeah, I, I mean... Actually, no, wait. I have the article. I could, if I, if I can find it. So sorry, oh, really? go ahead. Yeah, no, you, yeah. you can find it. I'll just say, um, 
I agree with you for sure that the, the article itself is really strange because it doesn't seem to be, at least on the surface, there doesn't really seem to be a point to it. Um, it it's really hard to like <laughs> figure out what the author is actually intending to say other than just listing, I think he lists like, I think it's six or seven, maybe eight different books, movies, and, and TV shows that are about cannibalism. Um, if you have the article up, I, I do remember that line is really interesting where he has this one little throwaway line somewhere in the article. Um, I forget the context of it, but it's basically like he, he says that there might be a time and a place for cannibalism. Yeah. So the line is the line I was thinking of. I think it's the one you're thinking of is um, quote, turns out cannibalism has a time and place. And it's sort of in the context of him talking about the, the, uh, the book, a certain hunger by Mm. miss summers. And he says that other her and others suggest that the time is now. And I think it's, I think, basically what he means by that is like at least the time is now for the genre or like it's acceptance maybe in our culture Uh, it's it's very it's really vague and it's sort of like you said a throwaway line (sighs) yeah and uh yeah I think what really disturbed me about the article wasn't necessarily well let me walk that back a little bit this article was posted in the New York Times which is one of the largest newspapers I guess online sources of news and opinion pieces and whatnot in the United States so this isn't some obscure little, obscure little esoteric, you know, new age journal or like strange little like sci-fi blog or, or, you know, obscure blog that no one reads. This is the New York Times. So the very fact that the New York Times published an opinion piece that's about this topic is, I mean, significant in one way or another. Um, but it's also disturbing because it's, it, it's, it seems like it's giving a platform at least to someone who is presenting cannibalism in a very even way. <laughs> in a very, yeah. Uh, like it'd be, it'd be one thing if like, he came in, like he cracked down or like, you know, he, he would like listed the, the, the various films and books, but then, ha- but then, you know, said something about how, how cannib- cannibalism is wrong. And, but this guy doesn't do that for sure. Right. He like, if anything, no he's joke. giving it a favorable, uh, look, I don't know. Right. No, I mean, basically like when he reviews the different books and movies after each one, he's essentially saying, Oh yeah, this, this book is really interesting. And Oh yeah, this book about, um, uh, a, a girl who falls like every time she falls in love with someone, she ends up eating them. Yeah, what an interesting concept. And this show that's about this women's soccer team that gets stranded in the woods 
and they start like eating each other. Cool, yeah. exciting. Like, I I think you said it. Like, if if it would be one thing if if he like listed all these things and then passed some sort of moral judgment, like effectively saying like as we all know <laughs> cannibalism isn't good it's wrong um but he doesn't do that in fact it seems like he does the opposite um so that's one disturbing thing and i think um as we were talking beforehand like the other disturbing thing that i thought of was the fact that not only is there like okay we can say that the the people who wrote these books or you know wrote these shows film these shows let's say they're strange people, perverted, messed up people, if they're writing about and talking about such a kind of grotesque subject. But, like, there's always going to be, like, a small group of very strange people in the world, right? But what was more disturbing to me was, like, the fact that these books, movies, TV shows have audiences, because right. for one thing, they wouldn't be written or filmed if they didn't think that they would be read or watched. And for two, like they are read and watched by a sizable. And this guy wrote about it. Yeah, exactly. It was significant enough that he wrote about it. Yeah. That's. I guess. I think you could you could we could safely situate cannibalism like this genre in the in the horror like in the overarching horror category, right? Right. Do you agree with me there? Yeah. Oh, I would. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say is like for movie, horror book, or whatever, TV show, you think of like a serial serial murder killer murderer right you know somebody with a somebody with a chainsaw decapitating people in their beds um but it almost seems like the fact that this is it has an audience like you said is that people have like maybe become have become desensitized to like the murder like it's not appealing anymore or at least like I, I think I would say cannibalism is a lot more. Like mur- murder happens all the time, you know, in the world where you don't you don't right. hear about cannibalism nearly as often. So it seems like right. Cannibalism, the fact like that this is, has an audience, is like. Sorry, I was saying just cannibalism, like an order of magnitude worse than murder yeah 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 exactly which i guess the question would be like why then why if it's the case that people are have become you know quote-unquote desensitized to uh, the horror the version of horror movies where murder is like the the horrifying aspect or like i guess or like you know somebody yeah the murderer look why is that then Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess one idea I had was uh, we kind of talked we talked about this before as well um, up until very 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 recently abortion has been legal 
in the United States and at the federal level. And we all know what abortion is. Or, I mean, I guess we don't all agree on what abortion is, but abortion is murder of innocent children, right? So, it's, and I don't know, how how long is, I don't know the exact, it's been like, you know, somewhere around 50 years, right, that uh, murder innocent children has been allowed in in the United States. It's like, if that doesn't desensitize you to what, to murder, I don't know what else does. Right. And obviously, and, like, and to be know, fair, coded and everything, but that and could be, that could be important to remember. Yeah. And it's important to remember that abortion is still legal in a lot in of states. Most states. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. So even if it's not legal at the federal level anymore, it's still legal right. at the state level in a lot of states. Yeah. I mean, which just, yeah, still true, supports true. your point. Um, yeah, and I, I actually, as you were saying that, like, I was thinking, that's an interesting thought that, like, in the past, I mean, 10, 20, 30 years, I mean, not neither of us, I'm not a connoisseur of horror movies. Um, I don't think you are, right? Yeah, neither am I. No. No. Um, but what I do know about horror movies, at least within the past several decades, is that there's, this, you know, huge focus in, like, as you're saying, chainsaw murderers or serial murderers or, you know, um, ghost murderers or, you know, basically people or creatures or other things like going around and murdering people in their sleep or terrorizing people and, and hunting them down and murdering them. But as you're saying, like, over time, that desensitizes people to that phenomenon, which is murder, um, plus alongside of abortion which also desensitizes people to murder because if you murder abortion is murder um it's even worse than normal murder because you're murdering a completely innocent child um yeah it's a actually what this reminded me of is there's a similar concept in um when people are addicted to porn um uh, that when, or even drugs, like if, if I know where you're going with this, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like with porn, um, when you become addicted to porn, first you start off with like I don't know how else to describe it, just like normal porn, I guess, like just <laughs> average run of the mill porn, um, average, porn. but pretty, <laughs> yeah. uh. but like pretty soon you become desensitized to that, and yeah, you, but but like. You're, you're, I forget what they're called, like the, not the pleasure neurons, but whatever's firing in your brain that when you, like, you watch porn that, that fulfills that kind of, uh, desire. I forget what, I forget what it's called. Um, shoot. Anyways, it, it's this, like, physical, psychological, um, oh, yeah, it, it rewires your brain. For sure, right. Um, but it's like it is like a drug addict because you, you know, drug addicts they start off with the basic drugs, your average drugs. But once they become kind of accustomed right. to that, and it stops, um, they need to take more and more of that drug in order to get that high, yeah. to get that fix. Yeah, the, the, the and, gate, people call marijuana the gateway drug, um, and that means basically, yeah, you start with marijuana, but then you need something else that's going to give you a bigger high 
So yeah, then you exactly. move on to the other because path. because marijuana stops giving you that high, and so you keep like you keep getting worse and worse. You almost never stop at marijuana. You never stop at the first thing. So it's the same with porn. Like it's, it's once even the you get same addicted to porn, did, which would be a whole nother tangent. But yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Like, like you know, avarice. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. I mean, like, sin is a black hole, essentially. So you start throwing little pebbles yeah. in and you start searching for bigger and bigger boulders. Um, but, like, with porn, like, hardcore porn addicts are addicted to really disgusting, depraved things. Um, like, so this is a personal anecdote, but I remember um, in, I think I was in the eighth grade. In the eighth grade, at the school I went to, um, I was in a study hall and I was sitting at this table where a couple of other of my classmates were. And I think one of the kids started talking about porn that he was watching. And I distinctly remember like it was what he was describing was horrifying. Like, I'm not going to describe it on air, but yeah. it was something that like unspeakable, right? And this was an eighth grader. That <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So like addiction, it always moves in. It always involves desensitization, and it always gets worse and worse and worse. Um, and so that was reminding me of what you were saying. Like maybe most people are just, or a significant number of people are just completely desensitized to murder, and that's no longer like hitting that high you know hitting they need a new fix. high yeah they need a new high what's the next high um cannibalism <laughs> murdering someone and then eating them yeah, yeah. <clears throat> or um a, a strange kind of subcategory of that is not just like murdering and eating someone but falling in love with someone and then eating them because I remember at least one of the books that the author of that, um, the New York Times article that yeah. he discussed was this book about, a, I think, I, I don't know if it was a, a man or a woman who, like, when they fall in love with people, they eat them. Like, bizarre, totally, like, perverse and strange. Um, but yeah, I yeah. mean, I guess that covers initial reactions to that article now one of the questions that i'd actually seen that that came about because of this article um was the question of (laughs) the morality of cannibalism um because i was privy to a debate that broke out um was just to set the scene i was privy to a debate that broke out where um, one side was putting forward the argument that, and I think it was a devil's advocate argument, that when a human being dies and the soul leaves the body, they were arguing that the, the body is no longer human, and therefore, why is it wrong to eat them, right? If they're no longer human, if the, the, the body is just flesh um and that was a really interesting question 
that I know we had dis- we were yeah. discussing and hoping to discuss on air. Um, I mean, so yeah, I guess I agree with the premise of that argument, or like, or the the premise that when when a when a human dies, that the the you know like the corpse or whatever the the material that's left is is not a human body anymore. Because um, if you understand man as a body soul composite, like the soul is the animating principle. That's like a very like rudimentary, I guess, definition of the soul. It's like what what gives mm-hmm. the body life. I guess. I guess. Um, once you so at death, there's a substantial change, and the soul leaves the body. And so, if you understand that the man is a soul body composite, when the body on, on the, the body by itself on the one hand, or the soul by itself on the other hand, do not make a human. So, e- taking either of them a- alone, you don't have you just have a substance that's, you know, like I guess, the body or whatever the flesh. So, I definitely agree that. The human body is no longer there, in the sense that, like, right, and and who makes when it dies, who makes those arguments? It's this is the I think it's, this would be like Aristotle and Saint Thomas Aquinas, right? Um, probably, yeah. Um, so this, so that's these like, aren't like that's like the philosophy, the rough, like, very basic philosophy behind it, I guess without getting into the weeds on like all the definitions and everything and really fleshing out the arguments, but yeah. Right. And this kind of like, then I think the obvious question then is if, (laughs) um, if you're, if you agree with and adhere to kind of Aristotelian intimistic philosophical principles, which, you know, I would say most like Catholics or at least like, yeah orthodox catholics do um then we're kind of bound well the question then becomes okay if the if the dead body isn't fully human is human then why why is it wrong to eat it (laughs) and yeah i think like we all intuitively like are repulsed by that obviously like well like because it's it still looks like a human right for one thing, like, right? Yeah. At least right after right after death, it's the person looks like they could have been they could be asleep, you know. Right. So but I a think convincing it, I think it's... argument isn't a convincing argument is not going to be, ugh, because it's gross. Like, yeah, that no. that's just not like that's just not a good argument. It might be true. Plenty, plenty of things are gross. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's not a convincing argument one way or another as to like the morality. Like, <laughs> if you're in a situation where it's either apostatize or become a martyr, which would involve death, like death is gross, <laughs> death is bad, you don't want to die, but that's probably, yeah. th- I mean, that's the choice that you'd have to make in that situation. Um, but like, it w- there has to be like some reasons for why eating a dead body is not good. I mean, yeah, I guess like the thing, thing that comes to mind for me is that it's sort of like showing a respect or 
I guess like an understanding for the inherent dignity of the human person. Now, like we said, that's not, that's not the human person anymore once, once they're dead, but like by, by not partaking in their flesh, you're <laughs> and like, you know, it's, it's a custom. I, I think we, we, we talked about this beforehand as well. Like, you know, every culture buries their dead. Um, which you said it was something unique to humans. Um, I was like, why is that? I think it has, it has to do with the respect. Like we obviously show respect for the dead. Like that's just as, at least as a culture, cultures, um, broadly. Okay. It's just kind of universal. It's also a cultural. It's almost like, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, but it's like almost for what was there. Yeah. It doesn't feel satisfying though, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's essentially like, it's essentially saying that body was once a human being and you should respect it as such. Um, right. Which I mean, they're like, I think that that does carry a certain heft to it. I think, um, because you don't like desecrate something that is holy, for instance, and our our bodies are considered temples of the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah. So in that sense, it's it's a holy vessel and shouldn't be desecrated. Um, right. I guess it's like, yeah, huh? Um. I was just trying to think of like an example of where of something that you like I don't know like the chalice maybe or like mm. tabernacle like you wouldn't destroy I don't know Oh I mean Mary Right what? because Mary's body was the vessel for Jesus right Oh and it it didn't die Right, Mary didn't. Well, that's that's a that's a big okay. tangent. Um, whether okay. I mean Mary, okay, so Mary's assumed into heaven, so she's still living. It's this is a tangent, but it's it's still it's a theological debate whether or not she ever died. Um, most okay. theologians yeah. say that she did, um, but they kind of like jump around the question by by calling it mary's dormition she just fell asleep uh she didn't experience death like every other human being does um well but she didn't she she was perfect without sin right so i mean i'm not a theologian so i don't know all like the <laughs> you know all the the principles and whatever but it could seem like i we're obviously when we we die and you, you know it, it, it's not where our bodies are, you know, the physical aspect stays here for a time anyways. And then there's the, the second coming. Right. Which then that's like the, the perfected body, I guess. Then that body is allowed, allowed or whatever into like the, I guess you'd say like the beatific vision. Mm-hmm. And but, I, one of, like two of the arguments Mary's why Mary, 
Right. Well, and two of the arguments for why Mary Mary died, at least that I'm aware of, and like I'm not an expert in this, but um, is that one, it wouldn't be fitting for Christ to have died, but not for his mother to. Um, because Christ was also perfect. So if, you know, if, if the God man dies and then came back to life, um, like, why is it fitting that it, it wouldn't be fitting for Mary not to undergo something similar? And then the second argument is that Mary chose to die. So it's like, just as Jesus freely chose to die, Mary also freely chose to suffer in the same way that her son did, but she, except she didn't suffer it in the way that we all do. Um, okay. It was a free choice on her part. And then she wasn't, you know, punished with the separation of her body and soul. Um, she was just like at that point, instantly assumed into heaven. Um, so that's kind of like the tangent, but it's like, it, it isn't interesting because maybe it's maybe part of it is that human beings were never intended to die in the first place. Uh So like, so death is unnatural. Human beings were created intended not to die. Like we were intended to be like Adam and Eve were Uh immortal. Um, but when you know they sinned and death entered the world, that was something unnatural, like the the the, the split, um, the separation of body and soul is completely unnatural. So maybe it's almost like when you engage in cannibalism, and this is just me spitballing, but when you engage in cannibalism, you're almost. I don't know what the right word would be, blaspheming? Desecrating something that was intended to never die? Uh, That makes sense to me. I mean, again, that would kind of go back to humans as made in the image and likeness of God, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Uh, Huh. And I think this is kind of a nice segue into um, something that you brought up before when we were talking about this before and before recording was um, cannibalism in, in relation to the Eucharist. Because it's been like historically, um, it's been a common kind of accusation leveled against the church. Um, right, like I'm thinking yeah. as one example, like in the early Roman persecutions, the Romans painted um christians as cannibals because they had heard rumors that they you know at their sacrifices they sacrificed and re-sacrificed their god and ate him and like it's just been a common accusation level to get especially against catholics um and like we know that you know receiving the eucharist isn't cannibalism but like the eucharist is the body blood soul and divinity of christ so we are eating him so then the question is why isn't that cannibalism yeah 
Yeah. Well, I guess like the first thing, the first thing, the first difference would be it's living, uh, living versus non-living. Right. Like you said, uh, when we, when the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, not just the flesh part. Um, Whereas with cannibalism, it's specific. I think you, yeah, I think cannibalism defined as like the consuming of the dead body of the same species. So like for humans to be, yeah, eating a dead the dead body of another person. Um, so there's a there's a difference right there, right out of the gates. At least you know, as Catholics, we believe that it's the Eucharist is the living, you know, living living God. Um, so that's different. So that, I mean, I guess that right there violates the definition of cannibalism. Right. But then it's still like, it's still not satisfying because it's like, you're still eating the body of another. You're still consuming. Hmm. The whole like person, Christ. Um, Right, but and the, I, I and I think like maybe in a, at least the beginning of a, of an answer to that is when you like I don't know. Let's say you lop somebody's arm off and start. I don't know, some random some random person, random human being. You're a cannibal. You lop their arm off. And so start not eating me, not me. I thought you were talking about me first. No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, dude, you're a cannibal, ah, right. and you 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 go out. You you, you want to go get dinners, so. <laughs> <laughs> so you you find somebody, you lop your arm, lop their arm off, um, you start chowing down like a chicken leg. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, we did say this. But this like, was a gruesome topic. To be yeah, it is, know, in fairness, it is a gruesome topic, <clears throat> and we, for context, um, cannibalism is horribly wrong and gruesome and disgusting and we in no way shape or form condone it um <laughs> if you could just yeah. thought i'd get that out there you probably were there for a second <laughs> uh, um but hey so jude the cannibal is you know eating this person's arm but like you've just destroyed that person like the unity that was that that person enjoyed because they're no longer a full person in a sense, um, like the arm that you have is dead because yeah. once it's yeah. separated, right? Like when the bloodstream's cut off from the heart, well, then it's going to wither away and die. So you're eating something that, that's dead. And you've also, like, maybe the po- person won't die because of their wounds, but chances are, like, if you've locked somebody's arm off, they're probably going to bleed to death or I don't know. It wouldn't be bad. It, it wouldn't be good. Um, I would say chances are they end up dying. So the point is, like... But that... In, but that I mean... They don't even have to die, though, right? Like, because the... Like what you said, the arm is dead flesh, dead meat, so to speak. Right, yeah. Exactly. Um, so it's kind of, like... What you're, what you're partaking in... It doesn't really matter what happens to the rest of the body. If it's, even if it's still living. It's like... Right. It's impossible to... to eat living a living thing i think is essentially what you're trying you're saying right it's impossible to eat a living thing 
and it's impossible to eat another human being without destroying them in some way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, like definitely. when we definitely. receive the Eucharist, we're not like I don't know, like taking destroying Christ. <laughs> like just, yeah, we're not destroying Christ when we receive the Eucharist because he can't die. Um, so I think in that sense, it's also a huge difference, fundamentally different. Um, yeah. Oh, and then another thing is, um, we, you know, consume the Eucharist. We, I saw this somewhere. It, it said we don't. We're like we're consumed by the Eucharist in a sense because we're like grafted mm. on to like the body of Christ, um, which stands in stark contrast to like we were talking about earlier about like some some people would eat like the bodies of warriors trying to like attain some of their like attributes they thought by like you know eating the dead body of a person they could somehow like you know gain whatever strength or courage or whatever they they thought they could get from the dead body so Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of interesting that like you know cannibals some like at least some cannibals like think think along those lines whereas with the eucharist that actually like that happens to to us it's like we're we become part of the mystical body of christ um right and and like along with what we were saying earlier too like if we say we are consumed by christ we're not destroyed either yeah which if this were like a purely human yeah. Phenomenon, like we would be destroyed, obviously. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's a really interesting question. And like thinking about cannibalism, I, you made this point when we were talking earlier before the podcast um, that, like, I think it's, or you're saying that it's probably safe to assume that most cannibals aren't engaging in cannibalism purely for survival. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I the what's I the um like because I think what I said was like you know cannibals usually cannibalism is usually like a ritual act, and I got mm-hmm. they they actually talked about that in the article. The um mm. the lady that wrote one of the books oh yeah, said, yeah yeah. Well, she said it's always symbolic. Cannibalism is, is always symbolic, and then right. she had a couple like anecdotes. Um. And I think, like, we, we do have to, like, make some exceptions for, like, there are cases where um, people engage in cannibalism in order to survive because there is no other food. But usually that's because of, like, intense starvation or some sort of catastrophe that happens. Um, like the famous plane crash yeah. in the Andes, um, carrying the, a plane carrying a, an Uruguayan rugby team crashed in the Andes and they were stranded, I don't know, for, for several months, I think. And so uh, the survivors eventually resorted to cannibalism in order to survive. But like, I think it's safe to assume that that's the exception rather than the norm. Um, but as you're saying, like, yeah, it seems cannibalism most often manifests as a sort of ritual symbolic action, which is really odd is but also kind of interesting because it at least it reminds me almost of a as a sort of perverse imitation or mockery of the of the eucharist 
Um, like a, a pagan, almost like this this pagan approximation of of what the Eucharist is, and, and you know, like we one could debate, you know, is it is it um, a a an imitation that just falls short, or is it a mockery, or is it both? You know, did the Aztecs like when they sacrificed and ate their captives? They, did they do it? Um, you know as a mockery of Jesus's sacrifice and the Eucharist or as a sort of like misguided, probably demonically inspired perversion of Jesus's sacrifice. Um, it's probably elements I mean, of both. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting if you, if you add in the, the demonic level, it's like, I, I don't know if the Aztecs, they didn't know about, you know, Christianity and Christ, right? Right. Yeah. But, but the demons could have been. In, like, well, it, the I, demons I, knew about it, so. Yeah. Um. It's almost like. Yeah, demonically inspired to be a perversion of the Eucharist, even though they didn't know they were doing it. Right. Um, exactly. Which. When you put it in that way, it makes like what's happening today even more disturbing because you know for for all the faults of the Aztecs and you know I'm Mexican, so I could go on at length about like everything wrong with the Aztecs. Um, so for all of their obvious faults, they didn't know Christ. So like, there's <laughs> they have that going for them, I guess. Um, yeah, what little they have. Yeah, but us today, like, at least Western Europe, Western civilization, United States, Europe, we're all post-Christian. Like, we're all, all the nations in the Western world are descended from nations that either are or were, you most of them were, Christian at some point in their history. So, none of us have the excuse of claiming ignorance. Um, which makes, at least in my opinion, makes this kind of fascination turn to return to cannibalism. This, uh, I guess, entertaining the notion of cannibalism even really disturbing because we can't plead ignorance. Um, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> It is really interesting that why, I mean, because it's it's definitely true that you know cannibalism has. I mean, I guess I would I don't, I guess I would say like, would has been written about before, right? You know, it's not like the first time that it's been put. I I mean, I don't know of anything, but I'm I'm sure it's like you know something. I mean, I guess you go to like, yeah. Uh, the Odyssey. I, 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 what I'm, I guess that what I'm saying is like, it's not the first time cannibalism has been talked about, right? But right, there is like a, a seems to be a resurgence. So it is interesting why now. Right, but it's also like 
you'd have to look at like the way it's talked about. And I know um, you brought up before yeah. we uh, before this airs um, the Odyssey, and in the Odyssey, like can the cannibalism of the Cyclops, it's it's portrayed as completely barbaric, uncivilized, yeah. evil, um, like a clear violation of you know. Zania hospitality. Um, yeah. So right. like there's no, there's no like the, the Cyclops, like Polyphemus is clearly depicted as evil. Um, and yeah, I, I think I, I thought it's of... not to say that talking about evil things is bad. It's, it's like how you talk about them, I guess is the point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you need, um, in order, I guess, yeah, in order to talk about an evil thing, you have to mention, like, you have, have to, to talk about examples of it. <laughs> you have to talk yeah, about exactly. it. So, I think yeah, the key there is yeah. How are you talking about it? What light? What light are you shining on it? I guess you know. What moral judgments are you passing? Like you said earlier. Yeah, and I know there's. Uh, shoot, maybe I should get the article up. Um, but like the way the authors talk about. Like so, at least some of the authors that were interviewed talk about their books. It, it's like highly disturbing. Um, uh, wait, might take too long for me to find it. Um, yeah, it's gonna take me too long to. Find it. Just from what I remember, like, um, I looked up one of the books um, that's being made into a movie. I think it's called Bones and All. Um, and like, I read the, the Amazon, like it's a book that's being made into a movie and I read the Amazon description for the book and the description is just bizarre. It's like, um, and like reviews for the book are even, are even more bizarre because it talks about like, it's the one about, um, I think it's a girl who when she falls in love she she like ends up eating her lovers or the people she falls in love with yeah that. and, and it's but like the the way that the, the the reviewers for the book talk about the book it's like they wax poetical about it. they're like oh this is a, a masterful and fascinating um insight into you know feminine ways of thought and you know understandings of consumption and love and how those two things intertwine and blah 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 it's like uh no it's that's just disturbing <laughs> um so yeah, I, yeah, I think like, that is i just the most disturbing thing about the article yeah oh yeah no i it, Sure. It's the, the the way that the author of the article and the authors of the different books and movies talked about their works and like the way that reviewers reviewed their books and movies and stuff is is not the way it should be, at least in my opinion. And then I remember one of the authors I'm saying how they like were almost like revolting at themselves for like the disgusting things that they like wrote about. And yet they like still wrote about it. I was trying, I'm trying to find 
Oh, the vegan one. The which one was that? I think there was. I, I remember who you're talking about. I think she was so repulsed that she became a vegan for two weeks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how do you hold those? Like, <laughs> you're writing a book about. Uh, I don't know. It's like that should tell you something right there. But exactly. Anyways, um, it's a, it's a, this is a, a, obviously a grotesque, but it's it's kind of an interesting topic. It's also very disturbing, and I think highly irrelevant because this this article was only released what a week ago, maybe. Yeah, I actually didn't even ago. realize that until we went on the air. I was like, oh, July twenty third. That's like nine days ago, ten days ago. Jeez, that's, yes. I think I think most of these like books slash movies slash TV shows were released within like the last two years. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, I think I saw 2020 for like one of the books, maybe. But yeah, that was yeah. And I had this, cannibalism is really something I've really even thought of a lot about before. Yeah, no, I mean, like me I had really come in contact with like the literature or TV shows or anything, so. It is definitely super interesting. Like all of a sudden, and it's know. also like it's it seems to be exploding in popularity. And exploding might be a bit of an exaggeration, but for something for such a taboo subject, I mean, for obvious reasons for why it's taboo, but for such a taboo subject to be so kind of like publicized and openly talked about is really highly significant um i think in a lot of ways and yeah the vibe that i get is something similar to um what happened what's happened with homosexuality so like you know take go 60 years or 70 years ago homosexuality was considered a mental disorder and you know in a lot of states was i think sodomy was a criminal offense um, like in the law and yeah. then fast forward you know 20 years 30 years from then 1990s and the early 2000s and you just had this like radical shift um, where there's this huge movement to normalize um, homosexuality so it was it, it was taken off the books as a mental disorder it's no longer considered a mental disorder um, I think that was changed in the 1990s some, somewhere around there um, and then, as we're all aware of, there was this massive campaign to that pushed for normalizing homosexuality and viewing it as normal. Um, you know, the, the biggest kind of manifestations of that being same same sex marriage, um, which isn't marriage, but that's beside the point. Well, um, and then, didn't that just get passed in the house? I think they just passed that in the house. Oh, did they? A pretty yeah that. To make it like a legal, legal same-sex oh. marriage to be like recognized in the eyes of the state, anyways. I don't think it's because they're afraid. They're afraid that because same-sex marriage was legalized, well, legalized by a Supreme Court decision, and isn't Congress worried um, that what happened to abortion might happen to? Oh, is that what gay okay. marriage? 
I think I think that's the reason, but I didn't I didn't realize that it got passed. Yeah, well, I think it still has to be voted on in the Senate, though. Mm. Um, so not a problem. I haven't really been it. keeping up too close with with that. I just noticed a couple of headlines somewhere. Um, yeah. Well, I didn't. I have to look into that. Though, that's to double check. That's disturbing. Um, yeah. But I, I think that kind of proves our point is that like even in the early 2000s, homosexuality was still kind of like it was it was no longer like necessarily frowned upon, but it wasn't as normalized as it is today. Like most people, I think the, a majority of Americans, both conservative and liberal, would say that, you know, same sex marriage and homosexuality is perfectly fine. Um and when you compare that to like just 70 years, 70 years in the past, it's a, it's a huge seismic shift um, in popular opinion. And what's interesting is that there's other movements that are in the beginning. So now like homosexuality is normalized. Well, what's next? Um, there are actually movements like transgenderism is the one that's all in the news um, the past yeah, couple of years, sure. um, pedophilia is starting to be pushed. Um, that's one that's gaining steam, I think within the past several years. Um, and I think with, like, I, I would be bold, bold enough to say that there's probably a connection between those things. And are we going to be seeing, a push for cannibalism, normalizing cannibalism. Maybe. Yeah, I would. Yeah, like from where we stand, it seems that seems like horrifying and terrible. Like, no way that would ever happen. But if like with with what you just said being the case, it's like, why not? Why why not? Well, yeah, I mean, seventy years ago, would people have said like, oh yeah? gay people are just going to be able to get married like that literally would have been unthinkable yeah it's like definitely be something to keep an eye on it's definitely not something I have really been paying attention to at all but I'm definitely going to be yeah like any any anything's in the news like this keeping track of it Um, and I guess yeah, I I would if I were a betting man, I'd 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 put money down on in the coming years, like cannibalism starting to be more pushed forward. You know, uh, I, I'm well, making a well, prediction. I'm I'm making a prediction right now. I know how they're gonna how they're gonna spell. You're going. You're gonna be make a public prediction. All right. Oh yeah, this is a public prediction. In the next couple of years, cannibalism is going to be pushed for. You know why? The reason that'll be given for the yeah. environment. What? Ooh, I could see that. Yeah, and well, of course, it'll be dead people. They won't be. Uh, yeah, I, it'll it would be people that have already died. It won't be killing people to eat them. At least not yet. <laughs> At least, um, yeah. 
Well, because I guess because like you think about it with abortion, they they sell the body parts of the babies, right? Yeah. Like it's a commodity, sold as a commodity. So like to extend that just a little bit further, you know, like you buy it to consume it. Like that doesn't seem. Yeah. And I mean, like, why not... waste space for on cemeteries? You know, every, every plot of ground in a cemetery takes up space. You know, and yet some people choose yeah. to get cremated. Why not just eat them? You know, and it'll probably be better for the environment anyways. That's, I mean, that's being like, resource efficient or whatever right well you know sounds we gotta terrible protect, yeah we gotta protect we gotta protect the cows and and chickens and you know don't eat the chickens don't eat the cows don't eat the fish don't eat you know whatever other animals but, we gotta protect them let's just eat dead humans yeah i could yeah i in a way i won't be surprised that yeah. comes down the pipe in a couple years. <laughs> That's my public prediction. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> but I hope you're not right. Hate to be right on this one. <laughs> yeah, I I would be very sad uh, if not, I'm right on the few, one of the few times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um But yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. Um I think that was covered a lot. Yeah. And I think, so I think we're actually going to be doing a poll um, included alongside this episode. And um, we'll probably be asking for your guys' feedback and how you enjoyed it. If you thought it was an interesting topic, if you'd like to see more of it, things of that nature. So you can look forward to that. Um, But with that being said, I think that, Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, I think that poll will probably be on Spotify. Um, we'll try to see if I can get it out on other platforms, but yeah, yeah, it might just Spotify. be Spotify. Hmm. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Um, yeah, this is Michael Tuig, Jude Burkett, and reclaiming our patrimony. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you want to help spread the word, leave a five-star review and tell your friends about it. Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Our Patrimony.